And we are live. This is the Draft Season Podcast. Back after a little layover to talk this, uh, what is it, week five? Week five football. It is me, your boy, Young Raz. I'm here with my player partner, I Love Sean 5000. And we have two special guests today. I mean, I, Sean, I, I'll, I'll let you take it away to give them their esteemed, their esteemed introduction. Yeah, definitely. We got, we got, uh, definitely, like I said, making his, making his uh, draft season first appearance on the show today. We have a very special guest, my guy Andy Buckler, coming to you, a Dynasty Nerds contributor. He runs the Dynasty Nerds Writers Experts Leagues that I have the privilege of playing in right now. Andy, what's good, my guy? What's up, man? How you doing? We're playing this week in that league too. Yeah, we we have a we have a we have a matchup this week. Um, and like I said, thank thank you for hopping on this week for this week five recap we have. So like, how, how's your how's your fantasy week this week in terms of like everything you have dynasty and and uh, redraft? It's going pretty good, actually. I think I won most of my leagues. Um, the game some games are going to get decided tonight, but Dalton Schultz helped me hurt me a lot today. So, yeah, fuck, that that. Was like, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> a resounding one point. Um, but yeah, sorry to cut you off. I just have I have a, a thought in my side, and he is one of them. Him and Amari Cooper. Fuck him. Um, prayers up for Dak as well. <laughs> and also, we have to introduce um, a very special friend of the show, my homie, my partner, uh, coming to you live from North Carolina. My my fantasy partner. Got my guy Miggy, Miggy Martinez on the show with me today. Miggy, what's happening, my guy? Hey, what's up? What's up? How y'all doing? It's uh it was definitely a odd week five for me personally. Um my redrafts are in the shitter. Uh-huh. But I'm doing pretty good with the uh <laughs> the best ball leagues. So uh give and take there. So a lot of Matt Ryan in my lineups and Stafford who's on a buy. So well, you hate to see it. So yeah, we can we can we can get straight into the recap. So Raz, where do you where do you want to start off with? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna take us on a little quick little quick rundown. Um, you know, our, our our favorite of the program, Michael Thomas, aka uh, Wells Welker, <laughs> the Black Wells Welker. Um, he has been ruled out of Monday night's game against the Chargers for disciplinary reasons. Um, he got into a fight and he got suspended, which means he lost. Um, he was already <laughs> he was already uh, he was already a little iffy on an ankle, so now he out here fighting on a bum ankle. Um, so yeah, rely heavy on Chaquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders this week. Um, they will be seeing the majority of the targets with the Alvin Kamara fella. Um, the Saints on the bye for week six. Thomas will probably pop up on week seven, barring any other locker room fights. So let's start off with our, our first game. You have the Washington racist football team versus the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff, eh, 21 for 32 touchdowns and interception. Decent fantasy day. But the offense to me really never looked like it was clicking. A lot of his position players, you know, Ty, uh, what's his name? Robert Woods dropped a few passes. I was very distraught about that. Cooper Cup had a very pedestrian day for him. Um, the running, the running backs, that backfield seems to be, you know, kind of just a three-headed monster. You don't really know who to play that week, and it's very touchdown dependent. So, I'm trying to stay away from that. But what do you guys think on this game? Yeah, I agree on the running backs, but I'm pretty like 
I'm excited to see what happens with Cam Akers, though, because he came back. Yeah. And he looked good, but you can't trust any of those guys right now. Yeah, I would say just on the, on the wide out front, I mean – I, I feel I feel like we're gonna they're gonna be good. They're just gonna have off weeks. But I think Jared Goff, I think going forward, you know, he's I don't know if you're in a if you're in a deep league, obviously he's an option as a starting quarterback, but twelve teams and up, I would kind of stay away from him right now. Yeah, he's just like a low, like a low upside guy. He's not gonna kill you, but he's not gonna help you very much most weeks. I would say just even from the result from a non-fantasy standpoint of the game, um, the Rams didn't impress me as much as as I thought they should have. Um, the schedule makers obviously hate Los Angeles right now. I'm not really sure who they pissed off, but they've been on the East Coast four times out of the last five weeks. So a, a little bit of a tough schedule for them, and they've kind of they've kind of kept their head above water, so I do respect the team for that. But I did expect to see a little bit more fireworks and I absolutely did not want to see Alex Smith on that field today. Um, <laughs> I was watching that with my eyes. Like, that man's family was in the stands. It started pouring. And I was like, yeah, that was heartbreaking. Nobody wanted to see that. Nah, bro. And to bring Alex Smith on to the screen, like, just and people are cheering, like, yeah, he's back. This is a heartwarming story. No, it's not. He can't walk. And, like, I'm, I'm just – like that was my whole thing. We we had this conversation when it, when it happened. Like I just didn't want to see any Tyrod Taylor medical malfeasance happening with like in terms of Alex Smith. Like I don't. I've had enough situations in the past where I can like question NFL like medical staffs in terms of how they handle things. So I was just like, bro, I don't want to see anything catastrophic happen to Alex Smith on red zone at like two p.m. on on Sunday. Like, jeez, first game back. And it was pouring. It wasn't even like it was just like, ah, uh, you know, a nice day. Like the hurricane, the rem- the remnants of the hurricane is coming up the East Coast, and that's what he's playing with at, <laughs> at FedEx Field. And we already know how FedEx Field give it up. So um, terrible. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, Eddie, in terms of the, the Rams' backfield, Cam Akers had nine rushes for 65 yards um, after missing the last couple of games. Uh, Darrell Henderson had 15 rushes for 38 yards and a touchdown. And he also threw in three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown uh, through the air. And Malcolm Brown had eight uh, eight carries for 30 yards, and he lost eight, six yards on a on a target. How are you moving forward with the Rams' backfield in terms of Cam Makers and Darrell Henderson? Who do you see as being startable and reliable going forward in the in your fantasy lineup? Well, reliable, I don't know if that's the word. But I think they're going to both be scary. But a report came out for the game that McVay said he wants to see Cam Akers play more next week. You know, he broke his rib. He just came back. That's the guy I'd be targeting, especially in Dynasty, because I think he's at his low point right now. And I'd try to get Cam Akers because it looked like for a second it was going to be Daryl Henderson. But he just – they kind of stopped. Like last week they didn't give him only seven carries. I think yep. Cam Akers is the kind of target here. And he might be in your wa- on your waiver wire and redrafts because a lot of people – weren't patient and they dropped him when he was hurt. So that's the guy I'd be looking to get if I had to pick one. Nice, nice. Hey, I have one question. It's not pertaining to the Rams, but it's on the other side of the ball. Terry McLaurin. So he had that rapport with Haskins, you know, coming out of Ohio State. Today, he did nothing. I think what, three or seven? Three, yeah, three or seven yards yards today. So in redress leagues, what are you doing with him? I have him in leagues. 
Is he is he a buy? I think no, he's, he's a buy. Yeah, I think he's a buy. I mean, he also he got Jalen Ramsey this week, so we kind of had a temporary expectations already going in. But I w- I still think he'll be the number one there. He'll see the most targets, and I don't know what's going to go on. Like if Alex Smith is going to be the quarterback moving forward or not, that would hurt because you know he's the check down, the check down guy. Yep. I think I think one last one last thing in terms of just like general general views on Antonio Gibson through the first four or five weeks of the season. This is somebody who he was kind of the the Joker's hand, the Joker's deck in the hand in terms of the running back in his class. We didn't see too much of him at Memphis, and the the running joke was about him only having what was it, thirty three carries in in college or whatever. So yeah. watching what he did, yeah, watching what he did in a couple weeks. What have you guys seen from Antonio Gibson, both moving forward from dynasty perspective, and this is somebody who we know has soft hands and the ability to to catch the ball in the backfield. But what do you got? What have you guys seen from Antonio Gibson moving forward the rest of the season and from a dynasty perspective? Yeah, I think moving forward, I think he's an RB two in in redraft the rest of the season, but he's just going to be on a team that's going to be trailing a lot. And he's been splitting the, he's been splitting the uh, snaps with JD McKissick who got six passes today, but he's another guy. I think I would go out and try to acquire because I mean, he didn't have a good game. He only had 11 carries for 27 yards, but he still got you 10 PPR points. That's not killing you. So I think, and he, I mean, we saw like he had his best game last, last week against the Ravens, but Antonio Gibson, he's impressed me a lot. And I think he's his role is only going to grow. He just has to beat out McKissick. Like, that's the only guy. Obviously, Peyton Barber's gone now, and Bryce Love hasn't played football. So I think I'm been impressed. Yeah, I, I wasn't the guy that was on him in, like, re- rookie draft season or anything, but I like him now. Yeah, I'd say the same. Uh, he's he's a lot bigger and a lot faster than I remember. Um, I think seeing him, you know, on the NFL field and the, the speed of the game kind of not phasing him and just the intensity of the game not phasing him. He he does have a an RB2 appeal for me going forward. I would say next year, I, I need to see how he finishes the rest of this year, but next year he's definitely on the radar. Obviously, I'm not going to break my neck and to try and get him because I still think obviously they're going to be way superior, way more superior running backs. But I, I do think, you know, if he's your number two and even better, if he's your number three running back, your team's in a good spot. Yeah, he's more of a flex guy for me. He and McKissick have kind of been 50-50 splits. Um, and I so happen to have McKissick in way too many leagues. It just tells you how sorry my team is. Um, teams are. But, um, yeah, he's more of a flex play. And, I mean, you know, with bye weeks and stuff, RB2 for me, that's pretty cool. But, I don't know, I'm still not on that, not on that bandwagon for Antonio Gibson just yet. This it's a, it's a nasty offense and it's going to be constipated most of the time. So like if I don't trust Kyle, Kyle Allen or Alex Smith to really get this offense booming, and nope. obviously we saw, <laughs> obviously we saw the we saw the rumors about Dwayne Haskins possibly getting traded. Quick little aside before we before we move <laughs> what? on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, quick, 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 quick little side because Mig, I know we did speak about this beforehand, but this is something that I really do like. It, it, it stays on my mind a lot. And Andy, I'll be interested in Raz, what you guys think about this in terms of one thing about the development of young quarterbacks. 
You know, it's hard for me to sit here and defend Dwayne Haskins. He probably does not deserve to get defended from what he's put on film in his first. I'm not sure how many games he played before he got benched. Maybe like 14, 15, about a season. It was only 10, I think. Yeah, yeah. So so it's really hard. And I think it's unfair to to give him the, the deficit of being a bad quarterback for the rest of the league. But I really think about the NFL teams and their part in the lack of development of these quarterbacks. You know, these teams, it's always the same teams that end up in the, the top 10 to 15 drafting the same quarterbacks. And when I look at Dwayne Haskins, I'm just like, obviously, he probably need more time. He probably need more time than we would have expected coming out of the draft. So when we think about development scenarios with these teams, how do you guys look at the role that the team plays with the actual quarterback? Because more than ever, it's becoming more apparent to me that you have to end up in the right situation with the right talent around you, with the right teachers, and the right guys to give you the confidence you need for a young quarterback. And you can have you can have all the talent in the world, but you're in the wrong situation. You're you're shot of luck. So what do you guys think in terms of the role that the team plays in the development of the young quarterback? Yeah, I, think, I agree. Oh, you go ahead. No, I said I was gonna say I I think you hit it spot on. Um some teams just can't develop a quarterback. There's some situations you could throw a rookie in and you just have all the weapons around them to just make it work um, for him. You know, Joe Burrow right now, he's got, you know, he's got nice weapons and Cincy uh, Herbert and uh, Los Angeles. You know he's got some weapons there as well, but you can't just stick. I don't even think you could stick a guy like Joe Burrow in Washington and, um, you know, see anything too promising just this year um, from a guy like that who I think is, you know, 10 times more talented than Haskin is. But um, there's just some – some teams just don't – they just don't develop quarterbacks. And it's just apparent we – you know, it's the same cycle of five to six teams that that can. Um, kind of interested to see how Tua does in Miami when he does finally play. But with Fitzmagic Fitz playing like today, maybe a little while. Um, but well, no, Fitzmagic will never die. Never. <laughs> I I mean the, the the expiration date on that shit should have been a, like five years ago, but he's still out here making it happen. And like I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Obviously, um, the, the the skins. I'm sorry, the Washington football team. Like they they mm-hmm. can't they can't develop they can't develop quarterback talent. I'm a Jets fan. I've been looking for a quarterback since Vinny Testaverde. I mean that's not true. Since Chad Pennington threw out his shoulder. So for the better part of two decades, um, I've been looking. For a quarterback, and you know, uh, and these these are the type of teams that they always seem to have a void at this at this position. You know, they they may bring in a stopgap, you know, someone that's been developed elsewhere that brings them steady play for a little bit, but they have never been able in my lifetime yeah. to grow to grow anything home on. But I mean, yeah, we can we can move on from that. From that did, you have, did you have anything on that in terms of like development from, from quarterbacks? I did. I was interested what you thought about that. Just from what you see with the role that these teams play in the quarterback development, because it's real easy to shit on Haskins and Darno and Josh Rosen, but I don't see it as like anything that like fundamentally changed with what made them prospects coming out of college in the in the ten games or less that they had. So what do you, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, only 11 career starts for Dwayne Haskins. That's what the number was. But I think it came all the way back to draft day. Like, I don't think they wanted him. And, like, when you have, like, it kind of go back to, like, the RG3 thing. Like, they wanted one guy, like, the, the GM wanted him and the coach didn't, and then they drafted the two quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins and RG3. I think that's kind of what it was with Haskins. I don't think, uh, like, half of the – they were split. Like, half of the management was split on him. And when you get there and you're a young quarterback and you're not even wanted, you feel like you're not wanted, that's tough. And then he wasn't, like – Haskins kind of wasn't – he was, like, stubborn. He didn't want to listen, you know, because he was the man at Ohio State, came in and it got tough. I do think that like a lot of it is just growth, and I, I'm not. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is good, but we know Kyle Allen isn't good, so I don't think it was fair to just give up on Haskins after four games, especially in a division that's that bad. But you could still win. <laughs> True. I mean, and it it also takes away from your best weapon. Like he, your best weapon has the rapport with Haskins, you know, and now you're bringing in Kyle Allen who didn't make it through this game and who knows what his outlook is going forward. And now are you going to roll with Alex Smith for the rest of the season? Like you can't as an organization. Kind of the they've played. It's kind of the cards <laughs> they've played. Uh, but Raz, what, what do we, what we got next on the dock? Next we got, we got Bengals versus the Ravens. Um, Lamar. Yes. Yes. What a, what a barn burner that was. Uh, Lamar missed two practices this week with some mud butt and a knee issue. Uh, <laughs> he, he was pretty rusty, pretty rusty uh, this weekend. He went 19 for 37, 190 yards in the air, two touchdowns, a pick, and two rushes for three yards. So uh, very uncharacteristic of Lamar. Um, the Bengals kind of played just like him um, without any of the talent. So this game was kind of a blowout. I mean, it, Recap from them, Burrow, 19 for 30, 182 yards and a pick. Uh, the offense never got going. A.J. Green looked to who request a trade on the sideline. Um, that's what social media is saying right now. Uh, Burrow was hit basically every time he dropped back. Uh, Joe Mixon had a pretty decent day, I mean, fantasy perspective. Volume, volume-wise, I mean. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, if you're that's the only thing you can look at from this game is Mixon from the – the fantasy standpoint, I mean, even the kicker only got three points. Uh, T. Higgins had a pretty decent day. Uh, eight targets, four catches, 62 yards. A.J. Green has been terrible. On the Ravens side of things, Mark Andrews had a day. Uh, six catches, 56 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood also did his thing. And the running backs, I will say the running backs this year for for the Ravens have been very underwhelming. Um a lot of dead days from Mark Ingram, very touchdown dependent. Dobbins is uh, afterthought, and sometimes they throw Gus Edwards in there, so it's, it's very confusing. But um, what do you guys think about the game? Well, to me, this game was uh, a little lackluster, a little boring. Um, you know, seven sacks for Burrow, it's just terrible. Can't get anything going in Cincinnati when that's happening. Um, but for me, the big thing here is – what are you doing if you're a fantasy owner with Mark Ingram or even J.K. Dobbins in a redraft? You know, a dynasty, you're still holding on to him, I hope. Um, but what are you doing? Because uh, Gus Edwards leads the team besides, well, with the exception of Lamar Jackson rushing yards, the 167. And then you got Mark Ingram right behind him with the 148. And that's actually he's actually done that on um, looks like seven less or uh, seven fewer attempts. So, yep. So I saw somebody. Was that you, Sean? Pick up Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards kind of late. Yeah, I did. I did. I had to. I had to start a, a nasty running back, and I picked him up. It wasn't. 
it wasn't because I wanted to believe that. So there's no insight. <laughs> no, but what? So what are you, what are you guys doing? I think Mark Ingram kind of before the game was over was on the trading block on one of the sleeper leagues. Um, what can you get for him if you are trying to move him right now? I don't know if you can get anything for him. Honestly, 11 carries today for him, that's the most carries for a Ravens running back all season. So you just can't trust any of them. And in a redraft, I don't think there's any point in holding on to J.K. Dobbins. I know if you drop him, someone's probably going to add him, but I think he's just dead weight on your bench right now. I don't think any of the running backs. It's kind of like the Rams situation, but maybe a little worse because I don't think one guy will ever emerge. What what running back situation do you think is more like acid reflux worthy? And I know this is something we talked about beforehand, before the season, is that we were keeping our eye on with the Bills and the Ravens. These are two running games that I expected to have dominant rushing attacks. That I that I, I saw both of the teams having top five upside of like unit in terms of how much they rush for. And they've both been, I don't know, they've been productive as an offense. But if you're expecting any of the tertiary options in the Buffalo backfield and the Ravens backfield, they haven't really performed to this point. Which backfield would you rather invest in going forward? Definitely the Bills. Definitely the Bills. Because I think Devin Singletary has been good. He hasn't, Zach Moss has been hurt for two weeks. So he's been taking the touches while uh, Moss is out. But I think I'd much rather have them because it's only two guys there. And we've seen that, you know, Josh Allen's been airing it out. They've been having so many points and everything. But eventually they're going to have to lean on the run. And I think those guys will at least be flex options. And maybe even Singletary could be RB2. I just don't think anyone in this backfield in Baltimore is going to be worth anything. Unless it would have to be an injury. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree. I don't see – I don't see – um the upside in the Ravens backfield, like you said, there's more of them. Um, I'm not even, I'm not even sure they're even as explosive as, uh, as runners as the other two up in Buffalo. Um, yeah. So like you said, I mean, then Buffalo's not gonna be able to continue to air it out like that at some point, you know, in my mind, at some point, you're going to have to run the rock. Josh Allen cannot be fucking Russell Wilson for the rest of the year. Um, but that could just be me hating, you know, that, that could just be me hating because uh, I didn't see Josh Allen going the way he's going right now. So, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. But I do agree with the Buffalo pick there. What we got next on the docket, Brad? We got whew, the Atlanta Falcons. Damn. <laughs> versus, versus the Carolina Panthers. Uh, well, well, we won't bury the lead here. Um, Dan Quinn is done. Um, I don't know how you can continue with him on the sideline. Just the, this this season, I mean, they're the best zero five team I've ever seen. But <laughs> like, like, like they are legitimately the best zero five team I've ever seen. But they can't win any games. But let's jump into it from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, Matt Ryan was putrid today. Um, understatement. Eight, eight fantasy points from your quarterback is hard to win like that. Um, 21 for 37, 226 yards, and an interception. Julio Funches did not play today. Um, <laughs> drop him. Yeah. I'm only saying that because that's my brother. Don't 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 do Julio like that, bro. Come on. I'm not I'm not gonna let have you. A- 
I'm not gonna let you pollute the listeners' ears like that. I, <laughs> I have a I have a Matt Ryan Calvin combo in the league and Matt Ryan Julio combo in another. It's been mm. a it's been a rough it's past been a rough few since week two. Yeah, Just about, yeah. Well, somebody somebody I was down on this year, um, Todd Gurley had a, a a great game today. Um, Watch King, let's get it, your boy. Fourteen <laughs> rushes, 121 yards, 21 of them fantasy points. Uh, he did a little receiving work in his first 100-yard game since 2018. <sighs> so, Ty Gurley, he looks – he's looking like an RB2. And on some of these days where he can catch some passes, he might be able to sneak into some RB1 territory right now. Um, and that's big coming from me because I was very down on him. Any thoughts on Todd Gurley? Let's start with you, Miggy. Oh, Sean, you, you – I mean, Sean, you, you, you teed up. You can go first. I- yeah, that's that's his boy. That's my. <laughs> that's his boy. Go ahead, man. Gurley, Gurley is my guy. So let, let me let me kick this off. Yo, Gurley looked good today, man. Like <laughs> we spent producers spent the last two years telling me Gurley is washed, and I understand it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to touch Gurley with a with a twenty foot pole in a dynasty league. I get it, but in redraft leagues, the dude he has five touchdowns through five weeks. You know, I could do math. That's a 17 over a long season. I'm not, I'm not expecting to get 17, but that's the pace he's on right now. Meg, I, I mentioned to you um, just watching the game. I, I saw him hit the corner on a on a DB in, in the yeah. game, and I was like, I'm like, dude, like that's that's super impressive. Like if, even if we just stay in terms of like <laughs> the Georgia the Georgia running backs, like I'm not seeing Sony Michelle hit the corner on anybody still. Like that's just different. Right. So I seen I saw Gurley hit the DeAndre corner. Swift like, will if he gets to play, but yeah, that's 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 yeah. But you know that's that's a little different when we talk about Gurley. But yeah, he looked he looked really good. The Panthers' rush defense has been about middle of the pack uh, this season, but Gurley has been he's been really good. And I just think he's locked in as the goal line back on that team. And if he's getting about like fifteen, uh, let's say twenty carries a week. I just don't see how he isn't a, a RB2 over the duration of the week. I mean, over the duration of the season. And it might be ugly on a week-to-week basis. So you might, you might have to close your eyes and wince a little bit. But I just don't see how he doesn't end up in the top 15 as a as – a, top 15 and 20 at, at his floor as a running back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he needs a touchdown, but he's been getting it. And it's gonna it's still a high-powered offense. And my biggest takeaway with him today was he got five targets. And if he's going to get targets, like that's what we want because he's always one of he, he's. I know we say he's washed, he has no knees, but I mean he sc- he scores a lot of touchdowns, and he's going to get the twenty carries. It just comes down to the targets, and he caught four passes a day. If he can catch three or four passes a week, he's safe, locked in RB two every week. I agree. All right, next up, Calvin Ridley, who's been having a pretty good year. Um, oh, God, that's many guy. Yep. Yeah. So eight for ten. On his targets, caught eight, of, caught eight out of 10, 136 yards. Um, he is keeping them vertical for sure. Um, he's going to be <sighs> top five seems a bit much for me, Sean. I can't lie, but he, he he's on pace for it right now. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, right now, I, I think he I think he's comfortable in the top 10. We'll go there. I'll 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 stretch it there. He's comfortable in the top 10 when even when Funches gets back, Julio Funches, that is for the listeners. Um because he does not catch touchdowns. Three, maybe four. But yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, 
They play the, the Vikings next week. So, yeah, uh, loaded up on Calvin Ridley. From the Panthers' standpoint, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, out here playing like a fantasy football quarterback. I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, he, had 21, <laughs> he had 21 fantasy points today, 27 for 37, 313 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, South Carolina's finest, Mike Davis, um, might not give the job back to the white man. We'll see. Uh, they gotta find. They gotta find a way to mix them both in. Like right, Mike David. Before, before we move on, like I, I did, I did say this earlier in the chat, but it's just like, like shout out to Mike Davis. Like, and and I see people doing the running backs don't matter thing on Mike Davis. No, Mike Davis was like legit good, bro. Like, yeah, for a fact. like no, like Mike Davis is. You can't you can't play that card with Mike Davis. I thought he was the best back on the Bears last year. They just kind of never really. He got hurt. And he never really recovered from that. I mean, they was that Montgomery pack anyway, which you know. But like, is... can, you tell me, can you tell me, Mike Davis isn't the best back on the on the Bears right now? Like, I mean, I yeah. Can, and and we we are we are we are in the David Montgomery stand club, so yeah, we're just here. And and, and and I know I saw I saw you throw some shade his way. <laughs> I did see that. So like, but but can you say that Mike Davis wouldn't be the best back on that team? Like. He he would have the best hands. He the best runner. I don't see he's probably the best pass blocker too. So I don't even like I don't I don't see why Mike Davis isn't on you know the Bears, but they also signed Nick Foles. So I mean that's just a different level of ineptitude. You you have Trubisky and you bring in Nick Foles to compete for the battle when Cam is sitting there. But um shout shout out to Mike Davis. Neither here nor there. I mean, Mike Davis, I mean, his obviously he's going to be much more limited when CMC comes back, but he might at this point, they got to keep, you know, throwing him in the offense. He could be a flex play going forward, but staying, it's going to be staying on the Yeah, staying, staying on the Panthers. Oh, man. Andy, I, I know I know one thing, and, and, and Ming and I have, have spoken about this throughout the season, but can you can you please take a, a victory lap or, or whatever you need to take on, on Robbie Anderson? Because – when we talk about guys that I missed on, for sure, I was like DJ Moore. Everybody knew DJ Moore is good. He had a long touchdown. Uh, the, the Falcons have a trash secondary. He literally just ran through them. But but Robbie Anderson has literally been performing at an RB two RB. I mean RB two Robbie receiver two Robbie receiver one production weekly at this point. Wait, what do you like? Can you talk talk about Robbie Anderson, please? Because I've been I was wrong. Ah <sighs> man. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, I mean, it, so it, when he was on the Jets, we thought he was just like a deep threat because he had Adam Gase. I mean, he left, he went with Teddy, and he's he's getting 10 targets a week. Like, that's crazy. Hey! And he's getting double-digit targets, and he's sitting here. He's not just a deep threat. Like, he's safe without scoring touchdowns. You're getting six catches for 90 yards some weeks. Like, you could start him every week. Right now, he's wide receiver nine. And Robbie Anderson was a guy I was high on. I have him in all my dynasty wow. leagues, and I was drafting him. but I. I'm not going to say that I thought he would be this, but I, I thought he would be good. And I knew they brought him in for a reason. They gave him $12 million. I knew he was going to take over the Curtis Samuel role. And with Joe Brady, and then you have the Matt Rule, uh, the whole Temple connection. I just yeah. like Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's a legit, he's legit good. He's legit good. He's a legit good wide receiver. And he's showing it. You start him every week. He's He could finish as a wide receiver one, and that would be, that would be crazy. Nick, what have you seen? What have you seen from the Panthers so far? Just the, the offense in general, post CMC and the wide receiver. Last three weeks, that's what three wins in a row. Um, I feel like they're just finally 
finally clicking as a team. Um, you know, they played a good team today, I think, even though, you know, best 0-5 team. Um, of all time. It's Bridgewater. Uh, he's making he it work. Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, Teddy throws it out. Water. <laughs> I mean, the last the last podcast episode we had, there was some Teddy Bridgewater slander on there. So we want to uplift uh, Teddy Bridgewater today. He's really been yeah, out here. Yeah. Um, great comeback story. Um, you know, Robert, Robbie Anderson, you know, if he finishes as a wide receiver number one this year, I'm probably done with the New York Jets. <laughs> Um, that would be the last straw for me personally. Um, <laughs> I think I think that's where I start looking pasture. Oh, I, I start trying out for other teams. Like, you know, let me see how it feels to be a Bengal fan. Like, I don't want to get in nowhere too hot, you know. I might switch to a Texas fan. Like, at least they got they got the show and we could just, you know, we could rock out down there. It's cool. Um, shout out to Curtis Samuel, five uh receptions, 36 yards, four rushes, 28 yards, keeping him involved. Um, the next game we have is the Jags and Texans. <sighs> so Gardner Minshew, um, and a viable fantasy quarterback this year. Um, I he's performing a lot better than I, I thought he would. And I also have to eat crow on DJ Shark, who uh, seems to be a legitimate number one receiver for an offense if he can stay healthy. Um, just a few stats from here. Minshew had 20 fantasy points today. 31 for 49, 300 yards, two touchdowns. <sighs> he was good for fantasy. Let's just say that. On the on the field, you know, th- those numbers don't mean anything because he, he looked pretty bad on the field. Held the ball a little too long, took some costly sacks. Uh, Robinson, that running back, that brother there, uh, James Robinson, I missed out on that boat. Uh, I'm sure a bunch of other people have too. Uh, he had... 48 yards, seven targets, five receptions, 22 yards on those receptions, 10 fantasy points. A down day for him, um, but it was still a, an okay day. So you can you can you can live with 10 points from your running back if it's a bad day. And my steal of the year, Chenault out of Colorado, LaVisca, Jr., I believe. He's a junior. Uh, eight targets, seven receptions, 79 yards. Uh Chenault in my opinion, seems to be a flex play every week at this point. Um, what are you guys thinking about that? Yeah, I agree. They use him all over the field. And he got eight targets. They Because he's a more underneath guy, you know, Chark is downfield more. Yep. LaVisca, I thought, like, it would – I thought – so, like, watching a lot of LaVisca tape because of the I do the Dynasty Nerds, and I thought he would take a while to, like, learn receiver. Because if you watch in Colorado, he played a lot of running back. He was – a gadget player, kind of like a Debo Samuel, but he's coming right in. I mean, seven for 79, you could play him each week and he's safe without a touchdown. So he gives you a touchdown and he's probably a wide receiver three, but, and he has the rushing floor too. Yep. Yeah, man. LaVisca, LaVisca is like super impressive, man. I feel like my second, my second, yeah, shout, shout out to Dynasty Nerd. Definitely one of the best resources that you should be using. If you play fantasy football, Dynasty football, they have, the film room that is definitely that will be your BFF if you're a scout for dynasty purposes. But yeah, man, Levisky stood out to me so much on my second like film run through when I like, really went back and like watched what he did at Colorado. And you just seen we 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 attached that gadget, you know, sticker to him. But when I went back and watched what he did, he was super impressive in the slot and, and creating separation. 
so yeah, man, Lavisca is definitely somebody who I think is on that verge, like you said, as a as a wide receiver three and a flex play weekly. Got it. And yeah, on the on the Texans, Texan side of the ball, um, Deshaun Watson, uh, erratic on the field, but in fantasy purposes, 27 points, 25 for 35, three touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, 300 yards, second straight week of 300 in the air. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson, obviously you have him, you've invested a lot in your quarterback position. So plug and play there. Uh, Brandon Cooks gave us his, uh, biannual game. My God. Uh, before, <laughs> before um certain concussion protocols will take them nah, place nah, at, at no point. Got <laughs> we got no room for negativity. Bro. On, 12, 12 targets, eight catches. I know, I know. <laughs> 12 targets, eight catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Um great day, Bra- Brandon Brandon Cook is good for two of those a year, and you keep drafting him because you think it's gonna be that week. Uh Will Fuller. Eight targets, four receptions, 58 yards, a touchdown, 12 fantasy points. Will Fuller um, is proven that once he is healthy, he can continue to produce. So we will hope his hamstrings hold up. David Johnson, 17 rushes, 96 yards, one target, 11.9 fantasy points. You'd love to see David Johnson uh, get a little bit more active in the receiving game um, just for his glory day. I guess glory day because it was a year. Um, yeah. that <laughs> his glory day that we all all bought into, but he he has some life again. Um, so shout out to him, Randall Cobb, six for six, forty seven yards. Um, play him if you're desperate. Um, who's there? Bill O'Brien is gone. Yes, that's the. I mean, and they got to win. So coincidence? Do we have anything on the? Am I got any Texas takes? I don't really like. No. Nah. No, I mean, if I got anything, I mean, I, I, yeah, I benched Brandon Cooks. <laughs> of course, you did. It goes off. I was all in on Brandon Cooks. I cut him in a redraft this week, too. And <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense why he went off. <laughs> yeah, that is the Brandon Cook way. I still, all right? Believe. Yeah, well, let's let's jump into the next game, game of the week, America's game of the week. Um, Arizona Cardinals versus the New York Jets. We have. <laughs> we have Jamison Crowder, 8 for 10, 160 yards and a touchdown. Jamison Crowder is a plug and play. You have him play him. Fuck it. Um, just close your eyes. Yeah, you just know. close your eyes and play. He's going to get just it done. close your eyes and open them around 425. You know, <laughs> and he's probably going to get you like 18 points. Yeah, so it don't matter. Who's down two scores, so. <sighs> Le'Veon Bell. Um PU. Um, I had better hopes for him this year. Why? Eh, not sure. 13 times he rushed the rock, 60 yards, caught his one lone target for seven yards in a blowout again. He was also caught on Twitter liking tweets about his involvement in the passing game or his lack <laughs> of involvement <laughs> in the uh the passing the jig game. Is up. Everybody um, in that locker room know the jig is out. I mean the, 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 <laughs> Johnson seemed to be the only one who are not aware that the jig yeah. has been up for maybe even 12 months by now. Like, probably even longer than that. These, these, these notes here that are prepared are very biased, so I'm not going to read them. Um, but Bell is, <laughs> is lacking a little explosion, you know, um, on his sweep and toss plays, you know, Adam Gase staples. Uh, 
Frank Gore, Greens. you know, second and 22 screen. They'll never see it coming. Um, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell right now is an RB3 flex play um, against the Chargers next week. Not much else to talk about the Jets. If you have any of their other players. Well, Jeff, it, Jeff Smith, it, it, Jeff Smith it, it, got 12 it, targets. Jeff Smith got yeah. 12 targets. So do what you want with on that. The, on the Cardinals, I think this would be interesting uh, to talk about Kyler with Nick. I, I will bring you in on this. Kyler, so Kyler put up 27 to 37 today, 380 and a touchdown. Also threw in nine rushes for 31 yards, 27 uh, fancy points in general. Now, let's put aside the rushing cheat code that is Kyler because he's probably going to run enough to keep himself as a viable top 10 fancy play as a floor. But what have you seen from him as a passer in the Kirk Kingsbury offense and how he's controlled the pace of the, the offense and and just the aerial game for the Cardinals because he's looked a little shaky at times. Uh, can't see and that's probably, putting, that's probably, that's probably nice about his, his production at this point. But what have you seen from Kyler and how would you anticipate his production going forward to be? Kyler, if it wasn't for his rushing ability, he wouldn't be a quarterback, of course. Um, I'm a, I'm iffy on him still. Um, I still think he'll be a good quarterback fantasy purpose wise. Um, just because of what he does on, you know, with his feet on his legs, but you know, I'm sitting looking at some of the stats from today. Um, he's got good receivers. D hop Christian Kirk is finally playing again after I've dropped him in a couple of leagues, of course. Um, he's got the talent. He's got the arm, but I don't know. I think it's something – the longer he plays, you know, we'll see him improve. Um, I'm not going to give up on him, um, or you know, talent-wise as far as playing the true quarterback position. But, um, you know, he's a quarterback, and he's a quarterback because what he does with his feet. So, I, it's going to go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, high, high purposes. I know people like to throw Drew Brees out there, but um, – I don't know. He's if it weren't for you know his rushing capabilities, we wouldn't be getting these you know high scoring from his receivers. In my opinion, he's just not a true pocket yeah, quarterback. Talking, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's interesting because he's gonna have to. As long as he's running, it's gonna be a cheat code, like we said. But he hasn't really shown. D Hop D Hop had seven targets for six for one thirty one and a touchdown today. He gave you twenty five points in your PBR leagues. Uh, Chase Edmonds three for thirty six in a touchdown. He also had five out of the we call five catches out of the backfield. Um, he gave you twenty PPR uh, points. Any any last or any takes about the Cardinals backfield right now? Um, Kenny Drake was somebody who I thought was being overdrafted before season started, and he hasn't <laughs> given you that production where you took him pre draft. What do you guys see in terms of going forward with this backfield? It's Chase Edmonds' backfield going forward. It's my opinion. Um, I was never one that was high on Kenyon Drake, especially top 15. Um, if you took him top 15, you should have did a little bit more research, listen to some more podcasts. Um, but I, I think it's you since last year you've been kind of high on Chase Edmonds. And, uh, you know, we're finally seeing – what he can do. And I think going forward, I think we'll see more chase and less Kenyon Drake. Um, 
I, this is, you know, it's maybe a little too late to get Chase Emmons on the low, but um, I definitely would be sending offers if it were me. Yeah. I mean, I'd Andy, be- what you think about the yeah? What you think about the card? I agree. I think it's I think it's Chase Edmonds. I mean, he had he already has the pass catching role. Uh, you know, Kenny and Drake caught one pass today. Chase Edmonds caught five. I I just you know Chase, uh, Kenny and Drake only has one year. He's going to be a free agent, so they could just let let him go and go with Edmonds. Edmonds was the guy I tried to get in every dynasty league before this week. I sent overpay offers. Every single one got declined. I think this is uh, I think this is Chase Edmonds going forward. If you have if you have Kenyon Drake, I don't think you could start him. I mean, he had the Panthers and the Jets last two weeks, and you got saved with a touchdown this week. I don't think he's playable right now at all. Could have waited and took Mark Ingram. Same yeah, thing. That's definitely that's definitely shady. Yeah, this is. I mean, I had a I had a chance to get Chase Edmonds this week. Um, I turned it down. Uh, I did not want to give up Juju. Um, Seems I should have, but um, because <laughs> Juju he's killing me, but um, I think going forward, yeah, like you guys said, this Chase Edmonds provides the most upside in this offense. Um, I think even if they go 50 50, Chase Edmonds is going to be the better producer, which will then just lead to him getting more touches. So I, I'm aligned with what you guys are saying, yeah, like going off, going off of like strictly drive value, Chase Edmonds is definitely the better play, and that was just somebody like Kenny Drake going in the top 15, top 20. I was just like. Yeah, I'd rather just take like Kenny. I'd rather just take Chase Evans and even you know, you know Benjamin, who hasn't even really got to like the picture yet. But it was just always a better play than where Kenny Drake was going. I think moving on to the next game, we can definitely move on to the Steelers and the Eagles. Steelers knocked off um, the Eagles, thirty-eight twenty-nine. This was the Chase Claypool breakout game. He had. Uh, he threw out seven receptions for 110 yards and three touchdowns. Gave you another uh, touchdown rushing. So this is just a ridiculous game from Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, somebody who I know we mentioned on the last recap show that you should keep an eye out and make sure you have him on his teams. But, you know, he is a priority add this week. If he is still on any of your waiver wires, he is probably going to be the highest um, – Bad player of the week. Um, James Conner gave you 15 rushes for 44 yards and a touchdown. He also had three receptions out the back for 19 yards. Ben Roethlisberger's looked pretty good this season. Honestly, if you've taken Ben at a cheap price at the end of your drafts, you aren't really been probably one of the better late-round QB values this year. Going on to the Eagles, who have their, their that one three and one at this point. Carson Wentz was twenty for thirty five, two fifty eight, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Miles Sanders gave a really good game, eleven eighty on the ground with two touchdowns, and he broke a really long seventy four yard touchdown, which is like part of the reason why Miles Sanders has been one of my favorite backs going back to Penn State. Andy, I want to ask you your opinion because I am completely biased on this front i cannot pretend to not be biased which is why we bring in other voices to give you that unbiased opinion what are you seeing from carson Wentz right now because as somebody even throughout his mvp season i was never particularly super high on him so to see him he leads the league in interception right now he's had a shitty year to say the least but what do you? What have you seen from Carson Wentz this year? Do you have any optimism moving forward? 
is this a red flag? Do you see any fantasy potential going forward? What and and if you see problems, what do you what are you seeing from him? Yeah, I don't I don't have any optimism with him and that offense. I see a, a shook quarterback right now. Like he just does not look comfortable back there. He's like I don't know, he, he all of his production the last two weeks. If you have Sardom, it's because he was running the ball. He had two fluky rushing touchdowns, but I mean. Travis Fulgham was their number one receiver this week, like yeah. 150 yards from him. I don't see any – like that whole offense is terrible. Zach Ertz, I guess he's done. I guess he's just washed now. He had one catch. Like, I don't know. I, I'm nervous with six Carson Wentz. Six targets, this Zach, this six Zach Ertz shit yeah. don't make any sense, especially from like the way – especially where he was going in drafts. Like, it, it, like if you have Zach never, Ertz, you're hurting. that price one. Who's the top 40? Yeah. Top at least people would t- people were reading. I seen yeah. I seen Zach Ertz go before Kittle in a draft this year, bro. Like I, wow, yeah. So <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like er, people were high on Ertz this year, and it's the the payoff on that has been awful. Yeah, and he's yeah, a guy that like you that start every week. Yeah, he's a tight end position. Like you have no choice. I and mean, the draft capital put in him, you just start him every week. But he's killed you every week. Yeah. I mean, but she, oh man, um, another just to, to go on. Uh, I think I think we can. Yeah, go ahead, right? Go ahead. Oh yeah, I'm saying I was just gonna jump into like, you know, the the underperformance of Juju. Um, you know, James Conner saved himself with a touchdown today. Uh, Deontay Johnson hurt. James, you know, um, who's the other one? James Washington. James Not Washington. much of a factor. Yeah. So I mean. <sighs> A bad, I, I would say it's a bad fantasy day for the, the Steelers offense, uh, other than Claypool, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I don't think you should have too many worries. Um, I think they'll be able to get it back on track. And I'm um, just jumping into this next game, which was a goodie um, Raiders versus the Chiefs. Uh, obviously, Mahomes, 340 in the air. Raiders, Raiders knock off the Chiefs, 40 to 32. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good one. It was a good one. Um, two touchdowns for Patty and interception, twenty nine fantasy points. I mean, you could say it was a a lackluster day for him, just on the football field, um, under fifty percent completion rate. But uh, you know, he still puts up the fantasy points. Everyone's darling, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He had a pretty subpar game, I I think, but he he did well in the passing game, so he he saved himself um, with that. Um, but running, he wasn't really able to find much room. I in my opinion, Tyreek Hill still doing Tyreek Hill things very fast. Uh, three catches, seventy eight yards, and uh, three carries and fifteen yards and a touchdown. So you know Tyreek Hill, obviously, you continuing to start him. There's no question. He, he had a he had a he had a big he had a big touchdown taken away like, on the first. First play of the game probably was like sixty yards. So yeah, he could he probably Tyree Hill probably, Hill probably could have been a number one fantasy player this week if there wasn't a holding play. But yeah, if you have Tyree Hill, you are starting him going forward. Uh rest of the Chiefs uh Travis Kelsey had eight catches on twelve targets for 109 yards and a touchdown getting uh twenty-five PPR points. The Raiders, uh their card looked pretty good on this in this game, twenty-two for thirty-one. Yes, Three touchdowns and an interception. Henry Ruggs had a couple big plays. He had a 72-yard bomb to where he just simply ran behind the Chiefs secondary for a bomb. Nelson Aguilar has had 
he seems to have a pretty good connection with uh, their card through this part of the season. I'm not going to recommend you starting him anywhere, but if you're in any deep leagues and you might need a emergency flex, I guess you could probably work in Nelson Aguilar. Darren Wilder had five receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown, one reception for 40 yards for Hunter Renfro. Josh Jacobs gave you 23 rushes and 77 yards for two touchdowns this week. Going forward, uh, Mick, I will ask you this question: How do you, how are you, how are you looking at Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards-Helaire? Josh Jacobs had the monster week one, and he's been solid, if not great, since. Same thing goes for Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who's probably being overdrafted a little bit, which I was a little bit afraid of his draft price. Do you see better days ahead of them for these two backs? Uh, and how do you, how do you, um, basically just anticipating the rest of the season value for Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards-Helaire? Yeah, I like Jacobs going forward. Uh, actually, I like him a little more than uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um, the talent, I think he's just overall just overall more talented than I than CEH. Uh, you know, coming in, I think Clyde I had as the third or fourth best running back in the class, actually. Um, just ho- just so happened to land in the great Chiefs offense. Um, you know, I wouldn't worry about Jacobs going forward. Um, he still did his thing today, even with just the 77 yards rushing. Um Clyde is the one that I've actually seen him traded in one of my leagues. Um, which I think this the only trade that's happened. Uh, it was Mike Evans along with uh, someone. It's another running back that they attached on top of that forum. Um, he's still, you know, you're starting him if you took him that early. Uh, I believe they play the Bills next week. Um, and he can still put up that, you know, RB1, RB1 numbers just due to the fact that he's still talented, uh, great pass catcher um, out of the backfield and, He's still he's still playing for the Chiefs, so um, as yeah, long as, targets there. Yeah. yeah, as long as he's with the Chiefs and he's getting those targets out of the backfield, um, you're starting him. He's, you know, I still think he finishes that RB one, RB two, uh, closer to RB one range at the end of the year. I wouldn't worry about either one of them. He had a touchdown call back today too, uh, Clyde. Yeah, he did. but definitely definitely better days ahead for Ceh. Probably the most surprising outcome of the day, the Miami Dolphins knocked off uh, Kyle Shanahan's 49ers, 43-17. They were they got it, they got out 14 to nothing early in the first quarter, and they did not relinquish that lead at any point. Jimmy Garoppolo got benched at halftime. He, he seven for 17 for 77 yards and two interceptions. They brought in TJ Beffard, Ryan Patrick did Ryan Patrick things. Miles Gaskin gave you 16 um, rushes, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Also had five receptions out of the backfield. My guy, Preston Williams, had a monster day on five targets for 106. Super, super, super monster day for him. One, Debo Samuel didn't really do much. He had two receptions for 19 yards on eight targets. Kittle had eight targets, only four receptions for 44 yards. Ayo. Three for forty-four on six targets. Andy, I will ask you on this front. What do you see from this game? How are you? Uh, also, Moster continues to look like a big play threat every time he touches the ball. Uh, Eleven for ninety. What are your What are your main takeaways from Dolphins for uh, My main takeaway probably is that I don't think Kittle is going to be this number one tight end, number one overall tight end with Jimmy Garoppolo. 
I think I hope I hope Jimmy Garoppolo gets benched. Spicy. I hope Jimmy Garoppolo gets benched because he just he's just not a very good quarterback right now, and he doesn't seem to target Kittle like the others do. But for I think you stay away from all the wide receivers in San Fran, but. I, I just I, I can't trust any of them right now. That off like obviously the running well I'd say the I would say McKinnon, but you can't trust him now either. I say only thing I trust on that offense is Mostert, I think. And then for the Dolphins, I'm I'm happy to see Preston Williams do something because I was so high on him and he's kind of been struggling. But maybe this is a sign of things to come for him. Uh, any last takes on that game? We can move who's, to the next Giants. Who's the quarterback going forward right, right, for the Niners? Got to be Nick Mullins. That's his name. Yeah, they're I mean, probably, they're probably it. Probably started Jimmy next week. They're probably starting Jimmy next week. They have to play money investing in for for them to pull the plug after one week. And the game's over at halftime. To be honest, so like it was a benching. But it, they kind of could have just been saving him for next week also. So we're going to have to see what happens with the next game. Uh, second and last game on the docket was the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. Uh, man, you mentioned this to me earlier, and it's, so, it's fucking upsetting, man, because it seems like every time we record these recap shows, we are recording on a somber note. Dak Prescott seemed to suffer a really serious uh, ankle injury uh, in the third quarter during that game, and all signs point towards him being finito for the end of the season, which, like, fucking sucks. Good luck replacing him back if you have to, um, which really yeah. sucks. Zeke had 19 for 91 and two touchdowns. Uh, CeeDee Lamb continues to be – he shows the reason why he was my wide receiver one coming out, eight for 124 on 11 targets. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael Gallup had four for 73 on four targets. Mark Cooper, Raz Boy, only had two for 23 on four targets. Yo, fuck Mark Cooper. End, on the Giants end of things, Dana Jones continued to have uh, pedestrian uh, production, 24, 33, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Devontae Freeman had 17 for 16 in a touchdown and two for 27 receiving. Darius Slayton had a pretty good game of eight for 129. What do you guys, what were your takeaways from Dallas and the Giants? Uh, Raz, I will start with you. <sighs> Repeat the question. What was what was your takeaways? Main main takeaways, Daniel Jones, that guy hurt Zeke. I mean, this. The Cowboys, obviously, was going forward with the Cowboys. With, the Cowboys. Um, with Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean the Cowboys. The Cowboys obviously are super talented, so Andy Dalton's never been around um, this much talent. So I think going forward they're going to be all right. Zeke's going to get the ball, you know, a lot more. They're going to they're going to ride his legs for the rest of the season. Um, the Giants are flat out awful. Um, you know, they're partnering there with their 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 brother team in MetLife. They both stink. I mean, it, is it time to give up on Danny Dimes? You know, you guys as Giants fans can let me know. I'm trying not to be. I'm not there yet, but it really doesn't matter. He missed his. I'm not going there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm there. I'm there. there. I'm ready to give up. Yeah, (laughs) I'm ready to give up. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in three weeks. You ready to give up? Yeah. What do you? you, I mean, I feel like this is pretty interesting because I'm not. I'm not in this place where I'm super critical of 
Daniel Jones. Because if I'm being honest, and, and Mickey, you are my witness to this. Week one, Monday Night Football, Giants, Giants Steelers. The first drive was amazing. Daniel Jones looked amazing. On the second drive, it cemented inside my head. It was just like, yo, we really hired Jason Garrett. And at that point, any yeah, optimism I, I had for Daniel Jones, the offense, the team, it was gone at that point. So it was just like, I'm not going to be super critical of Daniel Jones from what I've seen, but I understand if you're at that point. And what do you, you are you're a Giants fan? So what what do you what do you just tell me a little bit of, of why you are at this point, and I guess what would be your steelo and your move for the. QB one position for the Giants moving forward. Well, so like for Daniel Jones, it's just the turnovers, man. Like you can't like you can't be a franchise quarterback and you turn the ball over at this rate. Like he's mini Jameis Winston right now, and he can't. Oh, he yeah, fumbled. Like, yeah. like it's it's just like the the Giants had no business being in the Rams game. All he needed to do, he had that play uh, to run. Doesn't run. He decides to throw it. He throws in the tight window pick. Same thing in the Bears game. The Steelers game, week one, they were in that game too. He throws that boneheaded interception in the red zone. It's plays like that that I need to see go away. I need to see plays like that go away because it's not going to be wins and losses because the Giants are terrible. I don't know if they win a game all season. but so And they could even win a couple games where he doesn't play good. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to put a number of wins on it. I just want to see him improve because he's regressed. And I know the line is the worst in the NFL by far. And the receiving core, I mean, Darius Slayton is a good player. Golden Tate does nothing besides fight Jalen Ramsey, and Evan Ingram is done. So I get it, but I just want to see – like, I need to see the turnovers. They need to get better. And if you have the number one overall pick, you can't pass on Trevor. I just can't do it. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope he improves and proves it, it, it wouldn't, wrong. It wouldn't be wise. To... I hope he I proves it wrong. Think, like, it's the same thing with the – it's the same thing with the – it's the same thing with the Jets. And this is the most frustrating part about roster – continuity and roster building. Daniel Jones isn't the problem on his team. However, that might, that doesn't mean he's the answer either. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> but he's not the problem. He's not the problem he's not why this team isn't good. The defense has been playing better, but we still need like a, a line, a defensive line that can actually put pressure on the quarterback. The linebackers still stink. The secondary has been decent. And the offensive line still could be improved. So I, I'm not going to – I understand everything you're saying. And if they do get number one, taking taking Trevor Lawrence and trading Danny Jones probably isn't a bad, like, outcome regardless. And it resets the actual quarterback. Yeah. The rookie um, contract thing. So, so Meg, do you have any takes on uh, the giants Cowboys game, uh, particularly with the Cowboys receivers going forward or with Danny Jones and the Giants? Um. You know, I think we talked about Big Red um, never has had the talent that he has on the Cowboys. I think you stick Dwayne Haskins back there and they still might win that NFC East um, with the receivers and the running back he has mm, um, in Dallas. <laughs> but you know, my big thing is, all right, so if you are a Dak Prescott owner, you miss on uh, Andy Dalton. What are you doing? Um, are you just, you know, hoping for one for – Bethard or Mullins to take the reins in San Francisco. Um, Cause that is in the position that I am in, in one of my leagues. I mean, you gotta, like he broke his ankle. He, there's a, so one of my uh, buddies, he's a 
he's a physician. It looks, he said it's a fancy name for it, but uh, a three location fracture in his ankle is what he was predicting. So that to me sounds like it's going to be a while before he is back. The report actually just came out. It said compound right ankle fracture. Yeah. Getting surgery tonight. So yeah, that sounds like at least like that's not at least two, two, two and a half months, right? Two months. No, nah, I mean at minimum, at minimum, that's at minimum, he's because it's compound too. So at minimum, he's not going to be back until playoffs. Nah, I don't know. He's I don't. Playing, I don't think. Yeah, I don't year. think he plays football again this year. No, nah, he's not playing this year. And we'd you'd be good. You'd be you'd like hope to have him back for training right? camp. You'd hope to have him back for training camp, like full go. So. I mean, but I mean, the Cowboys could do a lot worse. Obviously, Andy, Andy Dalton as your backup is is good. So I mean, they 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 start secured up their position there. Um, you just got to keep him healthy. So, so I, I think mean, I think we can I think we can get these last two games before we do get to the Thursday night football game. Browns and the Colts. Browns knocked off the Colts to move to four and one, thirty-two to twenty-three. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a – he had an all right game, two two touchdowns, two interceptions, 21 for 37. Uh, Phillip Rivers looked washed like – like, yeah. like he, like he yeah. looked like Phillip Rivers. So, it just, apparently, apparently it wasn't the Chargers. Phillip Rivers is just always down by one – he was down by two possessions with five minutes left in the game. And this is – No timeout. I think he was the problem. It wasn't Chargers. You know, and no timeout. John Taylor had 12 for 57 in a touchdown. <laughs> Naheem Hines really didn't, hasn't done much since week one. Four targets out of the backfield, 222. Uh, two Island, six for 69. Nice. On 10 targets, uh, Paris Campbell and Michael uh, Michael Pittman are out this week, so he couldn't expect anything from him. Hunt had 20 carries for 72 yards and uh, three receptions uh, for 21 yards and a pretty good uh, reception. Out of the backfield in the red zone for Hunt, uh, Jarvis Landry Juice had four receptions for 88 yards on nine targets. OBJ also had nine targets, and he reeled in five for 58. Also, Hooper, five for 57. Uh, Rashad Higgins also caught a touchdown. Colts and Browns. Raz, I will start with you. What did you see from Colts and Browns? How are you looking at Kareem Hunt moving forward to end the season? Dearness Johnson only had eight carries for 32 yards. How are you looking at both of these two fantasy situations the rest of the season? I mean, I spent a thousand wave of points on Dearness. So um hopefully <laughs> hopefully that's in person. Yeah, I, I need him to shake. Um I mean Kareem Hunt's obviously gonna get the majority of the work. Um, he's gonna produce at a high level. Um on the cold side of things, they just have to stop giving the ball to everyone not named Jonathan Taylor. Um they're wasting carries by giving it to Wilkins and Hines at this point. Um, on a fantasy standpoint, Phillip Rivers obviously don't start him. Um, Down and Ty Ty obviously has taken a hit on that on that front. Um, Ty also looks a bit washed. I don't know if it's Phillip Rivers too, but he he's been washed since Andrew Luck retired. I'm gonna put that on. I'm gonna put that on, I'm gonna put that on Rivers. Okay, we'll blame in Rivers. Sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, Odell looks explosive. I mean, Baker, <sighs> Baker still can't seem to read a defense, but he um, he he had a decent day. Uh, Jarvis is back from the dead, but that hip is worrying me. So that's the only thing that's keeping me from really being in on Jarvis for the rest of the year. Um, Hooper had a day for you know for him, I guess. 
Um, so if they can keep getting Hooper the ball, I think that that would be good just for their offense going forward. And I think he's a, a decent tight end option going forward as well. Um, but, I mean, I'm scared of everything else, um, you know, because I, I spent a 1,000 waiver points on Dearness because Nick, Nick <laughs> went down. So it's, things aren't looking good. I mean, I started not yeah, even It's definitely not. Yeah, so. <sighs> Man, fuck them backfields, bro. That's the last uh, anybody, game. Uh, <laughs> you have any? You have any takes on on uh, on Colts, the Colts Brown game? Go ahead and get rid of uh, Philip Rivers because zero yards on zero receptions for Mo Ali Cox and Jack Doyle is unacceptable. Yep, that's fair. It's crazy. I think for the for the last for the last game of the week before we do wrap things up. We will recap the Thursday night football game where the Bears improved the four and one against the uh, Tom Brady Buccaneers. Uh, Nick Foles thirty for forty two, a touchdown and an interception. Brady twenty five for forty one, a touchdown. Ronald Jones gave you seventy for one hundred six on the ground. David Montgomery was disgusting, ten for twenty nine, a touchdown. Wow. Allen Robinson continues to do Allen Robinson things. Sixteen targets and he reeled in ten for ninety, which is kind of gross, but sixteen targets. We will continue to start him. Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, pretty good. One of my favorite under-the-radar receivers coming in the draft season. Somebody to keep an eye on with – I mean, Chris Godwin is out, and um, Scotty Miller didn't do anything this week. Did he play this week? I mean, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm looking at the boxer. He didn't do anything. Uh, Mike Evans had nine targets for five uh, – five receptions for 41 yards. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, which it seems like we are so far removed from the <laughs> mid like summer Keyshawn Vaughn, like draft hype, like you say, Keyshawn Vaughn, Tiger, Tiger King, same thing. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the last thing, would you have to take away from the Bucks or the Bears offense before we wrap everything up? Yeah, um, Ronald Jones, I mean, he looks great, and I think he has that backfield. Uh, I don't want to say to himself because uh, Leonard Fournette was active. He was emergency active. Fournette did not do anything last week. And Ronald Jones has done nothing to lose it. And I loved Ronald Jones coming into the season. I think he's still going to be great for them. And he, you probably got him for a value, especially when they signed Fournette. No one wanted him. And uh, so that's probably my biggest takeaway is that Ronald Jones lives and he's, he looks good. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, Ronald Ronald Jones, somebody who I wrote on one of my sleeper running back posts. Watching him, it's just super impressive to watch where he's came physically from, where he was at USC, especially like scouting his tape before he came out. He's so much bigger than he was at USC. He looked like a completely different dude, and he pretty much kept his his lateral agility side to side, which makes for a pretty interesting running back moving forward. So I think to wrap everything up on the show, our last topic before we get out of here, buy lows moving forward in the end of the week of the fantasy season. So we're, we're five weeks in the books. Moving forward, this is definitely buys are going to be coming up. COVID definitely throwing wrenches in everybody's weekly lineups. But when we look at guys who still have that ability to produce Let's say let's say top fifteen, top twenty production for you on the back half of the season. Somebody who could definitely be a difference maker for all of your fancy teams. Who are you looking at, Andy? I will start with you. 
fantasy guys, if you could, one guy just to recommend to all the listeners that if anybody in their uh, leagues were looking to sell high or sell low or just have them on the block in general, you'll be looking to acquire. Yeah, I'm going to start off with the guy I talked about earlier, Cam Akers, because I think you can get him for nothing right now. And he might, like I said, he might even be on so, and redraft, he might be on some waiver wires. And he's a guy that I think, like, it seems like if you look at everything that McVeigh says, and obviously you have to follow the draft capital, second round pick, it seems like he wants him to be the guy. And if you can get, like, a Miles Sanders S of last season, where at the end of the season, Miles Sanders was a league winner for you. But you weren't paid like a lot of people weren't patient with Miles Sanders because he wasn't good for the first like ten games. I could kind of feel like Cam Akers might give us that at the end of the year and fantasy playoffs. Cam Akers could carry us to a championship. He's a guy I would look to acquire. Raz, what you thinking? Uh, buy lows, rest of the season fantasy. I I think for me right now it's probably just on like looking at my rosters. I got Juju. Um, on mine because I, I've I've been in a few leagues where he's on the block as well. And I think Juju isn't going to lay dormant the rest of this year. I think as the year goes on, him and Big Ben are gonna get going again. So that's definitely a go on. Big finishes off by low yep. rest of the season. I'm gonna package value. mine up. Package mine up. They're teammates. And just with all the COVID stuff going on, um possible injuries. I'm going to try and see if I can get any Derrick Henry and or AJ Brown for the rest of the year. Um, let me see. I'm just going to gauge how, what the buy low is for them. Um, but those are two players that I'm going to be targeting in some of my leagues. I said, I think Derrick Henry is definitely a pretty good one. And especially AJ Brown, if he's healthy, Corey Davis and Humphreys, I believe are both on the COVID list. So you can't really expect anything from them. Somebody who I'm looking forward to, like, send some offers on somebody, definitely somebody who I try to acquire this week, Damian Harris. I feel like if the buy low window was still open, I was to capitalize on that. So if we're talking about somebody who has, I feel like in a best-case scenario, he could probably give you a top 10 upside out of the backfield if he does what he does and what he's capable of doing. It, like, if, if he really just does what he did at Alabama, even with a Josh Jacobs, and let's just say James White, Brex Burkhead, and, and all the guys in on uh, the Patriots are there. I still do think he has the potential with Sony Michelle on IR right now to really give you a really good production out of backfield. Somebody who could be that back half of the season difference maker for all their teams. But yeah, man, I think that will wrap us up for today. This is Jeff the Podcast. Shout out to all the homies. Shout out to everybody who checking out this podcast today. Um, one time for our special guest making his first appearance on the show today, my guy Andy Buckler. You can check out his follow at Andy underscore Buckler. You can check out all of his writing and everything else that he does uh, at Dynasty Nerds. Like I said, check out Dynasty Nerds if you need anything for fancy. Andy, like I said, if you have any last takes anyway, if you're chess, uh, thank you for hopping on today. Um, yeah, if you got any last takes you can leave the people with, you definitely let it fly right now. No, that's it, man. Appreciate you for having me on. It was real fun. And just follow me on Twitter. I'm always answering questions, always talking on there, pretty active on there. So that's about it. Appreciate you guys. Let them let them know what your Twitter is, by the way. Before we at leave. Anthony, man, shout out. Yeah. At Andy underscore Buckler on Twitter. Gotcha. Yeah, at Andy underscore Buckler. That's the guy. Follow him. Dynasty Nerd is the guy. Also, we have my bro, my brother, uh, Mickey Martinez. Mickey, my guy. Appreciate you popping on here for the show today. 
Um, if you have any last takes or anything, you can't plug your socials. Go ahead and do that. I'm glad. I was glad to be back. Second, you know, second podcast I've done with you guys. Um, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at not famous Miguel. Um, going forward, Atlanta Falcons going undefeated. We're gonna flip that zero and five. That's my I'm cutting his not this secondary team. I'm cutting his I mean, and that, and on that, this man is that, wilding. This man is wilding. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't put any money on that, but that's just me. And we also have our co-host for the day, my guy Raz. You can follow him on Twitter at follow Pivotin. Raz, any last thoughts you want to leave the no, listeners at home with? We're 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 good, bro. I mean, after such a take, there's really nothing else to outtake that for the rest of the night. You know, everybody, <laughs> everybody have a good, good one. We'll check out on the next episode. This is the Draft Season Podcast. Yeah, we, we out of here. Jurassic Podcast. Make sure you tell a friend, tell a friend, subscribe to the feed on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do see shows. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Make sure you do subscribe. Uh, Jurassic Podcast. Right? <laughs>